Modest Baptist Podcast. This is the first official episode, and I'm super excited because today the guest I brought on is my mom. Say hi, mom. Hi. This is my mom, um, Tasha, and of course, I mean, I call her mom. You guys can talk, call her Tasha. Um, so basically, I'm just going to go through some questions, and me and my mom are super close, and I talk. we talk about everything. We really do, don't we, mom? We do. And like, we finish each other's sentences. We're just we're very close and we're on the same page a lot of the times. Um, the few times that we're not on the same page is really scary because <laughs> um, we're both very stubborn. But most of the time we're on the same page. Even with her moving out, though, it's funny because I will be doing something at night and tell her about it the next morning and she's doing the same exact thing that same night. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, I'll text her, like, hey, did you see this or did you read this? And she's like, like, was reading the same article or something at the same time. It's really weird. It we're like weird. in sync even though I don't live at home anymore. <laughs> so, anyway, so, hey, let's jump right into it. First question, Mom. Who are you? <laughs> uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? I mean, obviously, you're my mom, but maybe tell them, like, how many kids you have and a little bit about your normal day, I guess, because yeah. if you know anything about my mom, she's a super hard worker, and she's always busy, crazy busy, and our lights would not be able to function if it wasn't without her. So, go ahead, Mom. Well, I'm Brianna's mom. As you know, I have six kids. I have actually one son, seven, one in heaven. Um, our firstborn is Jeremy. He was stillborn. Um, we had him while we were at Kyle Anderson College. And then Curtis, and he's married to Jessica Whitehouse. He's 25. Austin is going to be 24. They're both soon. Brianna is kind of 22. 22. <laughs> <laughs> like, that old are you? 22. And then there's Kayla, who's going to be 17 soon, and then Tan is 15, Kayla is 17, Kayla's 17, there's too many of us, I told her I was going to mess this whole thing up, she told me she was super nervous, I was I like, don't be nervous, you're just talking to me, um, just other people will hear it, <laughs> Samantha is, Samantha's, she's 15, right? I think, and then there's Olivia, who's the baby, and she will be 10 November 3rd, yeah, she's got her birthday on election day, woohoo, she's super <laughs> excited the missionary tonight said something about november 3rd and she looked at me like i know it's my birthday <laughs> so it was cute um our normal day just basically is just getting up and getting started on i homeschool the three that are left at home mm -hmm. so it's just i usually have an ongoing list i'm known for doing yeah i always have a list <laughs> she always goes she's very very much like a list person I'm, i can't live without my list i'm lost without my list so we'll just i'll get done as much as i can i'll have things that are prioritized that need to be done but and then just working in school. Um, so that's pretty much. Yeah. And like our day normally at home, back when I was living at home, would start a little bit later because my dad works the night shift. So it was really hard if we all were waking up at like 6 o'clock in the morning and getting around when dad was getting home at like 4.35. And you didn't want to wake him up. You obviously wanted to, you know, let him sleep. So our day starts a little bit later pretty than much. normal. I mean, your guys' day, not mine anymore. So, but and so it's not unusual for us just to start winding down at midnight. Yeah, people think we're crazy because we're like night owls, but that's yeah. that's normal. For it us. just worked for my husband's schedule mm -hmm. better. So, okay. Um, do you mind telling how old you are? I'm 47. I'll be 48 in a few weeks. And she doesn't look it at all. Like we've had people think that we were siblings before, which they were just being nice. <laughs> <laughs> she says that, but I mean, I I think she looks personally very young. I've always been told that I looked very young. I think I got that from you. But, you know, Dad looks very young, too. Troy looks very young. So, 
can you tell everyone um, your new experience you've been going through this year? <laughs> <laughs> okay, they laugh at me. I have braces now at 47, and I've always wanted braces, but I felt like it would be too vain to get them at my age. And I, But we also go to an orthodontist that gives um, this, after you pay for six kids to go through braces, they will do the next one free. So I thought, well, if I ever decide to, I could get braces when our youngest, Olivia, gets them. And then I thought, but then I'll be in my 50s. Do I want to go through braces? But anyway, long story short, the, our orthodontist talked me into going ahead and having them now so they'll be off before 50. So I had braces. And I wish so much I was a lot more <laughs> sympathetic with my other children that had them. I had no clue how different it would be. And they all laughed at me because I felt like... <laughs> I asked them if they went through this phase where I felt like their teeth were itching, and they all looked at me like I was insane. But I really, honestly, it felt like my teeth were itching. I can't explain it any other way. And I, for like <laughs> two or three weeks, I thought I was going to go crazy. I didn't think I was going to be able to actually wear them. It was so funny when she told us that. We're like, itching? I mean, our teeth hurt, and like you kind of had like an ache on your teeth every time you got it adjusted, but I didn't feel like itching. pain. I expected pain. I, I didn't expect this weird, strange... I wonder if it's like an age teeth. thing. Maybe. Like an age difference. I don't know. <laughs> we find it kind of humorous. So having braces on too does make you look younger, I think. Well, maybe. <laughs> so, well, anyway, okay. So we'll go ahead and dive into some more deeper questions, I guess. Um, okay, so next one. What was your spiritual upbringing like? I mean, I talk a lot on the Modest Baptist about mm-hmm. spiritual things. Um, goes right along with modesty and just everything like that. So why don't you go ahead and people what your spiritual upbringing was kind of like i'll try to wrap that up because it's a very long and kind of <laughs> kind of crazy question but um i started riding the bus um when i was three years old i can remember sitting in the back of the couch waiting for the bus um my mom had been saved for a short time she had married my um, stepdad <clears throat> my stepdad's mom was the one that led my mom to the lord and i started riding the church bus um, to my grandma's church when I was three. My parents weren't going to church at the time. Um, I remember going to church um, every Sunday. I distinctly remember between the ages of four, well, I was in kindergarten, so four or five, um, I was riding two different church buses to two different churches. Um, There was a church close to our house, and I'd ride there sometimes. And I remember a bus worker telling me that I had to make up my mind what church I wanted to go to because you couldn't go to heaven if you weren't going to their church. Mm. And I remember, even at that young of age, being so mad and telling the worker, that's not true, that's not what the Bible teaches. So by the time I was four or five, I had learned enough from being a bus kid going to church that it was ingrained in me that salvation was a free gift. It had nothing to do with um, going to church or what religion I was. So I remember getting off the bus that day, telling my mom I was never riding that bus again, and then I, I ended up just staying at the church where my grandma was and riding that bus. When I was in third grade, we moved into a little country um, town, and I started riding a little um, church van route. So I was still a bus kid at that time, and um, just grew, started growing in the Lord. Um, God was very gracious to me as a child, and he always placed someone every place I lived or every church I went he placed a family that took an interest in me and just really really loved me and was a godly influence and showed me what a 
godly Christian home would be like. And I remember having a desire from a very young age to grow up and have a Christian home, marry a Christian man, and raise my children to love the Lord. Um, Mama Friend was a huge influence. Some of you out that are listening may have heard of her, but Joanna mm-hmm. Friend, um, they just loved me for me. I started when I was fourth grade, I think, fourth to sixth grade. Randy Taylor and Oliver Arasia, Gary Levins, several preachers were in and out at the church that I am preaching at the church that I was going to at the time. And that's where I heard a lot of the teaching, um, made a lot of decisions under their preaching. I remember um, just really growing. Bible became more important to me, reading my Bible and standards and separation and things at that point. Um, And then from there, you end up going to Bible college. Um, So I think, I'm trying to think what age I was. At one point, my parents did start going to church um, for a short period of time. And then they, when they stopped going, they no longer let me go to church either. Um, so I was out for a little bit, and then they did let me go back. But it was very um, hit and miss. But I always held on to the dream that someday I was going to go to Bible college, and someday I was going to marry a Christian husband. Um, I was known as kind of the Bible girl, I guess was the nickname I got at the public school because I would take my Bible to school with me and I also had um, I'd given up wearing pants and stuff and decided to dress modest I think that would have been about 5th or 6th grade so going to public school if you're dressing different and you're carrying your Bible you are going to be noticed Um, so I kind of had that reputation of being a Christian being known as the Bible girl but by the time I got into my senior year um, I just I got really discouraged Um, I got very discouraged about not being able to go to church and just everything and I made some very unwise decisions and I got out of church for my senior year and which was my own fault I should I knew better um but the circumstances were kind of rough in my life at that time too Mm -hmm. so I did get out of church um, for a year um during that time I quit wearing dresses that I'd never wear another dress quit reading my bible went back to the old music just a lot of different things that I'm not proud of today um I knew that God wasn't happy with the way I was living. I had a scholarship um, after I graduated, so I went to Central Michigan University. I wanted to take up special education, and while there I was under more conviction, um, I knew that's not where I was supposed to be. I knew I was supposed to be at Hiles Anderson, and the Lord just kept working in my heart, and through a series of events, um, I ended up going to Hiles Anderson. And I did end up meeting my husband, Troy, and married married a Christian man and ended up having a Christian home and family. Awesome. Okay, so you mentioned modesty um, when you were talking about, like, what your spiritual upbringing was like. But um, was there a specific time when modesty became important and personal to you? Yes. Um, Like I said, between fourth and sixth grade I learned a lot and was taught a lot and heard a lot about modesty and I made those the decision to dress modestly modestly at that time um but it wasn't until after my senior year when I went through my rebellious period that I decided when I got once I got right with God and came back that I wanted to know what my standards were and why I wanted to know from a biblical standpoint 
I figured if I could throw away my standards so easily, then I didn't want that to happen again, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. I wanted to have biblical grounds for everything I believed. Why I didn't believe in certain music, why I didn't think certain things were wrong, why I didn't think I should watch this on television, why I, I should dress modestly. So I set out on a search for um, reasons. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, I was on my way to Hiles Anderson College. I had withdrawn from Central Michigan University on a Friday, and I was supposed to be at Hiles Anderson on a Sunday night. Mind you, kind of a weird situation, but I hadn't even went to church, I think, except for one time in the year previous to going to Hiles Anderson. And I didn't own a dress at that point at all. So I didn't know how I was going to get there or what was going to take place. But that's a whole other story where God just did miraculous things for me. Um, I did end up, someone gave me all the clothes that I needed, modest clothes, to take to college. And wow. that from Friday when I withdrew, by Sunday night I had to be there, I had all the clothes I needed. And they were all modest clothes. And But I just never have questioned it since then. I studied the Bible. I came to the conclusion that modesty is what God does expect from his children. Now the definition of modesty varies from different people, but for me and the studies that I did, I felt like I could no longer wear pants and, and be right. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was a division line where I couldn't do that. Now not just pants, but in general pants and just modest in what I, what kind of how tight my clothes were, my skirts, just the whole picture and modesty really became a part of me at that point mm-hmm. when I went to Hiles Anderson and when I did the study for myself. And I've never um, questioned it since. If And I tried to instill the importance of that in my children and my girls. So Definitely. I mean, I remember growing up, like, we didn't have an option. We were going to dress modestly. That was the rules, you know. But I remember when I got older, you know, I had questions. Why do I have to dress this way? Because you're right, when you dress a certain way, like – People are going to take notice, and they're going to ask you questions, and um, and I wanted to have a reason. So I remember you telling me, like, well, go study it out for yourself. You know, look in the Bible. And that's what I, I tell people when I get lots of messages of why is modesty important to you? You know, why do you do what you do? And I've noticed that a lot of times when people drop their standards of modesty, it's because they never made it personal themselves. It was just because they were following a rule or they – that's just what was expected of them. But if you go and you study out yourself, then it becomes personal. It's between you and God. You made it for yourself, and then it's a lot harder for you to turn your back on it, kind of like what you were saying. So it's very good. Because when I was younger, it was more that it was Mama Friend's standard. Mm-hmm. It was my Mrs. Neiman's standard. It was more... Right, and you can't you can't do something because you're trying to please a person. Right. Because eventually... You'll throw them away. <laughs> exactly. You'll throw it away, or if that person disappoints you, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, then forget that. I'm done pleasing them. In the vibe, for me, the modesty issue is I can't change it. Now, yeah. I can't change. If I change, it's because I've gotten away from the Lord, because I know that that is a biblical conviction, and the Bible doesn't change. Right. God doesn't change. The Bible doesn't change. So if something changes, it's us. <laughs> so. And there is a lot of scripture that I base came to those conclusions on but that's a whole other yeah that's thing. a whole other big topic okay so next question is um you mentioned you grew up riding a bus what does the bus ministry mean to you personally i know a lot of people um 
some well not a lot of people I guess I could some people really really enjoy rest ministry we have rest ministry at our church that we're all pretty involved with but some people don't see it as important but I I mean I personally see it's very important and part of the reason is my mom grew up riding the bus I wouldn't have the mom I had today if it wasn't for bus ministry so why don't you go ahead and share a little bit about what the bus ministry means to you I love the bus ministry. I love the fact that we go to a church that has a bus ministry. Um, I got, recently got to ride just last week a bus, and I haven't been on a bus as a worker in years. And just watching those kids brought, come on the bus brought back so many memories, even of my childhood and experiences of riding the bus. Those kids, you may think those kids don't notice what you do. You may think that what you say doesn't matter, but you never know. I mean, a lot of times bus kids come and go, they don't stay faithful a lot of times. They get out of church. And I think there's almost an attitude, oh, it's just a bus kid. But a bus kid's just as important as anybody else. And you have a short period of time to be an influence in their life. Mm -hmm. And you don't know if you're going to make a difference and what child you'll make a difference to. But you can make an, you might have a better, a better impact or a bigger influence than what you realize on their life. They may get out of church but something you said, something you planted in their heart, like even a desire for a Christian home or a Christian family someday, they may get out of church for years, but they may have that still deep in there yeah. and that longing to be close to the Lord. And when they can get out on their own and can make their own choices, you may have that may stay in their mind and they may choose a different path just simply because you had a small influence in their life. Because yeah. a lot of times we see these kids that get on and they don't have any control <clears throat> over their circumstances. I mean, you, we... We've had some faithful kids where their parents just decided to up and move. And they were gone before we could even, like, contact them and get them involved in another church. And they had no control over that. And they did love coming to church. But those few hours you have with them on a Sunday every week may be something they hold on to and carry with them in the future. Right. It, it is. And it may be the only kind word they have all week that they hear. It may be the only stability that they have in their life all week. I think the bus ministry is wonderful. Um, it's worth every dime it, it goes, you know, that's put into it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the bus ministry. Yeah. One thing I think, this is maybe me just being observant, is if you know my mom, my mom is very, she loves people, and she's very kind to everyone regardless of who they are. And sometimes that gets us in very interesting situations. <laughs> um, not going to go into that. <laughs> But I think part of the reason is you you growing up riding a bus and being shown that unconditional love by people, you have been able to turn around and give that back. You show unconditional love to anybody who needs it. And I think that's great. The bus ministry is not, it's not a ministry to go into if you're selfish, right. <laughs> is what I've heard. Right. It's you're giving yourself. And, but I don't understand, I think this is maybe, this is hard for me to understand is when people think that like that's a bad thing or they don't want to get involved. I'm like, no, give yourself because at the end of the day, you won't regret it. No. Because when you, you do have that one kid, um, can I tell them what Grandma Grandpa Neiman said about you? Yes, I have Okay. Been. So Grandma and Grandpa Neiman's like our adopted grandparents, and they were my mom's bus captains. And they said as far as they know, my mom is like one of the only bus kids that they helped, you know, as she, you know, bring to church who stayed right and stayed in church and now has a Christian family who's involved and that means 
the world to them. Like, we still are in contact with them. And, and they've been the books industry for years. For years. So, I mean, there may have been times where they, they did not think you were, they were <laughs> ever going to come around. But well, there were times they had this big or orange, like, band bus. And he had a megaphone. <laughs> and he would go. We lived in I the country. This. So it's a huge, you know, it's not like city blocks. He would go up and down the gravel roads with his megaphone yelling my name because he knew I'd be hiding somewhere because, of course, I was with my friends. I didn't want my bus captain to come and, you know, embarrass me in front of everybody. So we'd hide in these pine trees. And he kind of, I don't know how, but he kind of figured it out. So he would just stay out there and yell my name on the megaphone until until I finally came out. But I don't know. He loved me. They didn't give up on me. And And you knew. Right. I did know. And honestly, you know, there's like country miles between houses when you live in the country. I think every neighbor, I believe I can say this, within a few miles anyway, and all the kids that I would play with, um, we'd ride horses or you know, just all the stuff you do when you grow up in the country. I think all of them ended up getting saved and coming to church at some point or another because of that bus route and that bus ministry. Right. So it's definitely worth it. You will see fruit if you just stay faithful and you know you may not see big numbers I think that's where people get discouraged you may not see the big numbers but what's a number when you're talking about souls you know when you're talking about a person's life well and two you don't know sometimes okay Troy's family my husband his family ended up getting saved because of a bus ministry Aunt Sandra and your dad Mm -hmm. ended up riding a bus they started going and then through that, Papaw got saved mm-hmm. and everything. So the bus ministry even goes back into my husband's family and the importance of it. And that's how they ended up. And then Papaw got called to preach, and they ended up going to Hal Sanderson, and he pastored for 16 years. So that all stems back to a bus ministry. Yeah. Um, so when you sometimes think you're not making a difference because you don't see the rewards or kids quit coming and you think you're finally getting or they're like and or they're bad behaved kids a lot of times they just want attention right and you just think why am i doing this there is a reason and you just don't know sometimes you won't you'll have maybe not even see any rewards or fruit until you go to heaven Mm -hmm. but i would just say encourage anyone out there just to keep keep at it make those connections with those kids because they really it really means a lot to them it always makes me so happy when i get on the bus and then the kids start coming on and if they remember my name that always makes me super happy because that means that we connected and that you know they remembered me and I want them to remember me as the worker who loved and invested time in them so whenever I can get a kid remember my name it makes me really really happy so we actually had a wedding this year at our church and it was so sweet obviously with COVID there was restrictions and it wasn't all that it was planned you know to be but it was a bus girl who had grown up in our church and she went off to Bible college and she met her husband there and it was just so sweet because we've seen her grow up from like what junior high when she started coming Mm -hmm. and just seeing just I guess seeing the fruit of all the labor of everyone who invested in her come you know and she was invited by another bus kid to come Mm -hmm. so So. okay well I guess we should move on to the next question (laughs) we were there for a while okay um Let's see. Okay, if you could do one thing over, what would it be? <laughs> I know we all have, I know we can't. Like, some people hate that question because they're like, oh, well, why dwell on the past? But I'm like, well, you're not necessarily dwelling on the past. You're learning from the past. 
So, and it could be a good thing. You know, if you do one thing. She didn't ask me any of these questions or prepare me for any of this before. No, I, I wanted to be really, like, um, raw and honest. Honestly, <laughs> if I could do one thing over, I would pray more. Pray more? I would pray more. Yes. That would probably be my number one thing. I would pray more before I let situations stress me out mm-hmm. to the like point that it affected my outward behavior, I guess. Okay. Especially with having, you know, we had six kids, and they're all little, and they're all wanting things. And, and, and you were a homeschooling mom. A homeschooling mom, and you can get very overwhelmed. I would pray more. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing, I would just enjoy, I wouldn't be so concerned with um, getting it all done. Mm-hmm. I would be more concerned with enjoying the little moments and creating more time to do things together that was fun and enjoyable. I think a lot of people would say that too, mm-hmm. enjoying the small things. Because life just happens so fast, it gets yeah. so busy. And as you know, three of them are out of the house now, and I only have three more left, or one that's getting ready to turn 10, I realize how quickly it goes by. Mm-hmm. It goes by so quickly. Um, so probably, I would definitely say pray more, and then enjoy the little moments. I just saw this question just because I think it'd be funny for my followers. <laughs> Do you have any good classic Brianna stories <laughs> from growing up that you well, that are okay to share? <laughs> well, I have a really good one. Because, I mean, I, I share awkward <clears throat> moments on my Instagram all the time, mm-hmm. and people seem to enjoy them. And I tell them my life is kind of like, I tell mom, my life is like the punchline of a bad joke. Like, seriously, <laughs> the most weird, random things happen to me. And then it doesn't help that, like, I'm blonde, so sometimes I do dumb stuff, too. I'll ask her which one she prefers me to tell. Oh, boy. Do you want me to tell, like, a first hug? My first hug? <laughs> or what's, what's the other option? Or your brother's scarf. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. We can tell the scar story. Okay. But let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my followers this. I was a young and dumb child, so please don't judge me, my actions back then as the person I am now, and you have to let them know what my brother was like, Austin. Right. You have to let them know what the relationship was and what I lived through every day that drove me to this. How many months are there between you and Austin? Uh, Isn't there like 15 months? Mm-mm. 18 months? Is that what it is? I think it's I think 18. it's 18 or 19 months. 18, 19 months. Between so me and my brother Austin. So there was always a lot of competition between the two of them, but Brianna always. was very, very quiet mm-hmm. um, as a little girl. She just was very quiet. She was happy with her books. And Austin was, was... a nerd. <laughs> Austin was my one that was jumping off buildings and skateboarding down slides and Like, well, how old do you think he was the first time he wanted to jump off the roof of the, like, the house? Oh, goodness. He probably was six. Like, that's just, like, the brain he has. He just thinks that's exciting. So he just, he had a lot of energy. Uh, but he loved to antagonize Brianna. He just yeah. loved it. He was loved so it, mean to it. me. He was very, very mean to her. He loved to make her cry. So, it's so sad. It is really sad. And we did work on it. We did. But he just loved to. Well, she was older, and things had gotten better between the two of them. How old was I? I, I was just trying to think how like old she eight? was. I think she was old enough not to do what she did. <laughs> I totally I think, was old enough not to do what I think what she I did. was eight, right around eight. Yeah. And Austin was nine or so, <clears throat> almost ten. Well, we have a trampoline, and they were jumping on the trampoline, 
every time, and Bree's always like, you can now, she's not even 100 pounds, I don't think. I, I am 100 pounds. <laughs> I, I finally hit the 100 pound mark, so. Okay. <laughs> so she was always this little tiny, tiny thing. so small. And Austin was always not, not. He was stocky. Oh, he was stocky. Yeah, he was a stocky kid. <laughs> so he would jump on purpose every time she tried to stand so she would fall again. Yeah. But he kept doing it over and over and so over. So I was in, like, tears because he so wouldn't let me back up. He wouldn't let her stand up. And so she was, and he was just having such a good time. I was in the house doing dishes, and I just remember Curtis flying Curtis through. is the oldest yeah, of Curtis us. Curtis is our oldest one. And he was never like that with Bree. He comes flying in, and he is hysterical. He's screaming, <laughs> Mom, you have to help Austin. She's going to kill him. You have to. And he's just going on and on. And I'm like, oh, okay, boy. what in the world could Brianna possibly be doing to Austin? You know, oh, I was little going bitty, to kill him. <laughs> yeah, this little bitty thing. And so he's like, no, you really need to come. He's, she's biting him. She's biting him, and she won't let go. <laughs> so I, by this time, I'm hearing Austin scream, and I can tell he's really hurting because he's <laughs> really screaming. I locked so my jaw. <laughs> she, I look out there, and she is latched on. She has, she's biting him. She's latched on to his chest, and he <laughs> not even a limb. I just went for the no. heart. <laughs> and he is sh- trying to shake her off. He's trying to push her head, and she is not letting go. And he is screaming for help. And so I went out there and I called her name. <laughs> she, she looked at me and she's still not letting go. And finally she let go with some persuasion. I didn't let go right away? No. <laughs> I had to persuade her to let go. And so anyway, bring Austin in because by this point Austin's, Austin's crying. And I bring him in the house. I look. She broke skin. I broke skin, guys. She had left. He has a scar on his chest <laughs> from her biting he him. But this, just to tell you, though, how Austin is, we check it all. I clean out the wounds and everything. I dealt with Brianna and I'm, like, stuff. fuming. I remember and that. And she's still shaking. Her the whole body is shaking. shaking. She's so mad, and she's crying. And then Austin... I had enough. Austin looks and he's like, <laughs> well, that was worth it, though. After all that. And he wanted to... He's, he's like, like, I'm going to go do it again. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. So, that he was, listens to this. Yeah, that was my Brianna story. But oh. she... I grew out of that. Yeah, it's been a while since she's been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and she never, she never had a um, quick temper. She, she, she. I had, just reached my limit. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say she does have a temper sometimes, but it takes a lot to get her there. I mean, but he had more than reached that. He had limit. it coming. <laughs> it doesn't make it right. No. I did get in trouble, but yeah. he had it coming. She, they were way beyond the age of biting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that was my first reaction, like. Like, why didn't I just hit him? <laughs> I'm bad, but, like, why didn't I just... I don't know. I don't even... Well, my thing is, I wasn't getting... Being able to be back up. So I must have gotten so angry that I got up fast enough to attack him and bite him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But that is a good classic Brianna story, and I hope you all enjoy that one. And they do actually love each other now. Yeah. It's a long time. Now we're fine. <laughs> he still has the scars, but it's, it's all good. <laughs> we all hold it over each other's heads. Okay, well... Last question, I guess, before we sign off. Um, do you have any last words of advice? It could be literally about anything. It could be um, about relationships. It could be towards people my age or your age. Anything at all about any topic. Do you want me to narrow it down or is that <laughs> Be kind. Be kind. You never know what the person... Even the ugliest spirited person, you don't know why they're that way. 
Yeah. You don't know what kind of day they've had. You don't know what they've been through in their life. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to judge somebody that might have a real negative attitude that we don't enjoy being around a lot. To judge them and think that they really have an issue. But you don't know what went on in their life to get them to that point. Right. So be kind. You don't even know what could have happened to them that morning, even, and what may be weighing on their mind. So just say be kind. That's a good one. We definitely need more kindness in the world. And, yeah, we need more grace with each other, especially in the day and age we live in. There's just so much stress in the day and age that we live in with everything just going on. Just if people would just kind and give, you know, give each other grace, (laughs) it would eliminate a lot of problems. Even out in the world. I'm not even talking in a Christian setting necessarily, but sometimes people look at you just when you're just kind. You know, somebody drops something, you pick it up. Sometimes they look at you like, "Yeah, wow, why did you just do that? Or holding yeah. a door open. Right. That, like, blows people's minds when you hold a door open for them. I'm like, this is, should be basic kindness. <laughs> you want to walk away knowing that you had a po- you left them with a positive. Right. Put out more positive into the world. Yeah. When you're asking for one piece of advice, that's the first thing that came to mind. But I, well, hey, you must have been a zillion of other things that are good. I mean, pray and read yeah. the Bible and stay close to the Lord and all those good things. Yeah, too, you know. But mm-hmm. should I share? Should I share a story about you before we sign off? Oh, brother! <laughs> should I share your most recent one? I guess I'm, there's the, so many. The car I one. do things all the time. Oh, the shortcut. I won't tell okay. where. Okay. Okay. One more story, guys. <laughs> I promise. It's good. So like I said, mom's a very kind person. And she makes friends wherever she goes. But sometimes it gets us into interesting circumstances. <laughs> and the other day, um, she and my sisters, Caleb, Samantha, and Olivia, they were driving somewhere. It was like an hour away. They were running late. And my dad had told her about a shortcut, right? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> she's driving along. And they're not sure where it's at. And my sister is trying to type it in to the GPS. And all of a sudden, my mom goes, I think it's this road. And just whips down this road. But she didn't realize that she was going into this little town. But this town was awful. Like, I'm t- I'm talking, like, totally unsafe to be in. If Even if you're a male. Like, let alone four females being together alone in a car. Like, very, very unsafe town. And when we all found out where they ended up we were like are you insane so they're going to this town and my sisters are like what are you doing we're gonna get killed and then instead of just waiting for them to pull it up on the gps she just turns into this church parking lot because she's like oh it's a church they're gonna be nice i'll just ask them for directions and my sisters are begging her not to get out of the car so mind you my sisters had her phone for the gps so she goes into the church building without her phone like, she's just so kind, guys. She's just so trusting. <laughs> she goes in there to ask for directions. And she walks in, and she tells them, like, um, the people, the secretaries, like, I'm lost. I'm trying to get to this um, this road. Do you guys know where I'm at? And they just looked at her <laughs> like she was insane. They were like, oh, my goodness. If you get lost in this town, it will not be good for you. So, thankfully, they were able to get her back on the right path and nothing crazy happens but that was probably the most recent story we're like mom but the thing is mom's like totally chill about it and (laughs) i wasn't completely chill about it the gps doesn't always work in that area but i was getting a little nervous when the ladies the secretaries looked at me and they're like oh you really don't want to get lost here and then when the 
<clears throat> pastor or bishop of the place came out and he talked to me, <clears throat> same thing. He was like, oh, I'm going to take you a little bit different route because if you make one wrong turn, you, you really don't want to be lost here. <laughs> so then I did get a little nervous, but. Yeah, it was funny because after that, anytime someone was like, oh, where did you find that shortcut? Mama, tell them where they ended up. We all, our mouths literally just like hung open. We're like, oh my goodness. Like this place is so unsafe. But um, she made it out alive. So praise the Lord. I got to where I was supposed to be in time. Yes, she did. I will say that. I guess the shortcut kind of worked. I don't know if it was worth it, but it worked. Well, thank you, Mom, for coming on and answering some questions. This is kind of how I think the episodes are going to go, where there's just going to be a lot of talking and, you know, maybe some funny stories every now and then. And I figured my mom would be a good person to have for the first episode. And I think you did a really good job, Mom. I know you were nervous, but I think you did really, really well. So thank you for coming, and we will see you all on the next episode of Demonic Baptist. Bye! Bye.